take Kenley Jansen in the third round or maybe early fourth round? You might be freaking out right now. Welcome to the show. And are you looking to pick up a starting pitcher? Ronaldo Lopez, Tyler Malley, they were among the, you know, I wouldn't say surprisingly necessarily, but very, very encouraging uh, starters in yesterday's games. Welcome, everybody. It is Tuesday. It is team name Tuesday. We have a few team names. But more importantly, we have players to add and players to drop. I am Adam Azer with Heath Cummings and Chris Towers. Tell me something Hi. interesting, guys. Tell me, just wow me right at the start. I have no idea whether you should be worried about Kenley Jansen right now. How about that? That is exactly <laughs> the opposite of what Adam was looking for. I just made my first in-season rankings adjustments, oh. and I did move Kenley Jansen down. Down goes Jansen. Below Craig Kimbrell, basically tied with the Roldless Chapman. We got an issue here. Kenley Jansen, the velocity was better, but he was rubbing his shoulder in the dugout after. All right, we are going to start with that. Other stuff coming up on today's show. Not a ton of injury news. Carlos Correa left with toe pain. More on Yuli Gurriel and that saga. Um, a question about Babip and some steals. And, uh, oh, Who's gotten off to good starts and bad starts? Bryce Harper, by the way. Oh, my gosh. Four walks, no strikeouts, Ooh. three homers. Uh, I think, yeah, three homers. Oh, six walks, no strikeouts, three homers, excuse me. He is among the hot starters, Miguel Cabrera, Gregory Polanco. A lot to get to today. Let's start with Kenley Jansen. Gives up a three-run homer after getting the first two outs. He walked two batters. He doesn't walk anyone. He walked two batters. A mild complaint about the strike zone from from his manager after the game. And uh, but whatever. So this is a guy who has no strikeouts through two outings and has given up two home runs. And like I said, velocity up a little bit, still not where it needs to be. And Jansen was seen rubbing his shoulder in the dugout after leaving the game. So we know that that Heath has moved him down behind Craig Kimbrell to the number two closer. What else do we have to say about Mr. Jansen? Looking at the pitch effects data on Brooks baseball, he peaked at 93. That's not exactly where you want him to be, but it's very different from what he was doing on Sunday when he was peaking at 90. Um, two swinging strikes on 36 pitches so far this season. That's real bad. But, like, coming off the first outing, I was really worried. Throwing 90 miles an hour, peaking at 90, averaging 89 with his fastball, that's worrisome. He goes out and averages 93.2, peaks at 93.5, throws a couple of 94 mile per hour fastballs in addition to the cutter. And I just, I don't know. I, I, I have trouble getting worried about it after seeing him pick up the velocity, assuming the shoulders help. The one thing I will say, and I don't, it, it was just a couple of games that they played in Los Angeles. This game was on the road, right? In Arizona. Yes. Uh, yeah. Every starting pitcher except for one that pitched in the opening series in Los Angeles was down at least one mile. Clayton Kershaw was down was two. Was that true for the Giants pitchers? Yes. Because it wasn't on Sunday. Or no. whenever whenever They're, Kenley Jansen pitched, everybody's right. velocity was basically fine except for his. Alex Woods was down, but I... Kershaw was down like two miles an hour. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it could be a, a calibration issue, but... Um, God, who pitched for the Giants on Sunday? Because if, if it is, then whoever that was added like four miles per hour to their fastball. That was Chris Stratton, I think. Yeah, so like we're we're not running out to add Chris Stratton, so I don't think we buy that argument, right? I don't I wasn't I th I don't think we just like it's not an argument that I was making, but I think it's a question. 
like five of six starting pitchers' velocity was down and Kershaw's was down. Why are we not worried about Clayton Kershaw? Because it's Clayton Kershaw. And it wasn't as steep as Kenley Jansen. Kenley Jansen was down four miles per hour. Right. That's what I was saying yesterday. Jansen had the, you know, probably the biggest velocity drop of anyone, certainly anyone significant, but it was back up a little bit yesterday, so that's good. They said it was mechanical. They continue to say that he says he's healthy. The rubbing the shoulder thing is a little bit concerning. And the comparison you make is to a role this Chapman. Chapman threw 15 and two-thirds postseason innings in 2016 and struggled a little bit in 2017. He lost his job briefly. He went on the DL briefly. So like I said, he uh, Chapman threw uh, 15 and two-thirds innings in the postseason in 2016. Jansen threw 16 and two-thirds innings in the postseason last year. So, yeah. you know, he pitched in six World Series games. He threw more than an inning five times. I guess I'm not shocked. This is how I feel. I'll sum it up. I'm not shocked he's having a slow start. I wouldn't be surprised if there are more struggles to come. Ultimately, I think, like Chapman, who found it and was fine down the stretch and in the postseason last year, I think Jansen will be totally fine. But there might be some bumps along the way to get started. That's how I feel. Is that how you guys feel? Yeah, I'm not panic-selling Kenley Jansen. Right. Yeah. means. Yep. All right. So, right. Don't don't freak out. Things can get better, and hopefully they will. Speaking of better, let's talk about Monday standouts. If you listen to the Sportsline DFS podcast, good stuff so far for our baseball shows. Uh, Heath and Mike McClure recommended Brian Johnson against the Marlins, recommended Wellington Castillo, who is only 79% owned. Double dong yesterday, the only double donger. Two for four with two home runs and two strikeouts at Toronto. This guy had an 813 OPS last year. Uh, so Castillo, 79% owned. You might want to take a look at him in 10-team leagues. But, uh, yeah, Heath, double dongs for Wellington Castillo, White Sox catcher. And part of it's just Wellington Castillo was in the Rogers Center against the left-handed pitcher. Part of it is I have thought that Wellington Castillo was a better hitter than he got credit for each of the last two years. He's had playing time concerns each of the past two years. I don't know those concerns. They shouldn't be really a concern at all now. He should play every day that he's not tired. He crushes lefties, and he's serviceable against righties. Wellington Castillo is a top 10 catcher, just barely. Okay. But I'm assuming at this point you're taking Asmani Grandal over him because Grandal is uh, off to a great start as well. Yeah, I have more playing time concerns as the season goes on with Grandal, not because of Austin Barnes so much, just because of the way the Dodgers have managed that situation and the way Grandal's been. But mm-hmm. yeah, he's hitting well. Yeah, to start though, he is. Now he only has one home run. I think a lot of singles, but great start for Grandal. We'll talk about him later. Give me some other standouts from Monday, guys. So we laughed. When Hanley Ramirez said he was going to go 30-30 this <laughs> offseason, yeah. he is on pace for 33 home runs and 65 stolen bases. I just want everybody to know I that. No, he has two steals, like the home and run, he, whatever, and but two steals. More importantly, he's going to get uh, first base eligibility, but he did steal his second base yesterday. He he is in better shape, and he's hitting the ball pretty well right now. Hanley Ramirez, 71% owned. I think he should be more highly owned now that he's getting first base eligibility. Justin Smoker, Hanley Ramirez. Probably Smoke still. Yonder or Hanley? That one's a little closer. Probably Yonder still, but I want Hanley. Okay. Hanley or Guriel? Hanley. All right. Hanley's a standout for Chris. I Wellington Castillo was my standout. Heath talked about him. Heath, give me your standout if there was one. Um, I'm going to talk about somebody that we all know was a standout, but there was some talk that he would probably come back to earth a little bit from last year, and that's Charlie Blackman. Um, he had his third or fourth road home run 
of the season already, fourth, also had two doubles in San Diego. He's got a, an OPS of 1694 early in the year. We may maybe should not have scoffed at the idea that Charlie Blackman just is the one or two best hitters in fantasy. Yeah, I, I hope he can get 20 steals. I, I don't think he can count on it. But he does have a 40-steal season under his belt a few years ago. So I'm hopeful for that as a Blackman owner. Yes, and those, they, they just will not play Ryan McMahon. Like, we're not yeah. starting you, Ryan McMahon. Yeah, what's up with that? Desmond was back in the lineup yesterday. We do have a question about dropping Ryan McMahon. How how much uh, – I'm not sure who sent that email in, but it's in the notes. Uh, you know, uh, this guy from wherever said, should I drop Ryan McMahon? What is your advice to that guy who said that? Oh, Omar and Buffalo. 12-team categories league. I have McMahon, Franco, and Guriel on my roster. Should I drop McMahon? I mean, I, I, I wrote the waiver wire column today. The, the two hitters that I featured were Colin Moran and Brian Anderson. I don't think either of that, those guys has enough upside for me to drop no. Ryan McMahon. I don't think there's any – I I would rather have Hanley than Ryan McMahon, I guess. Okay. Would you drop like would you drop McMahon for Tyler Skaggs? Yes. In a points league for sure. Okay, guys. So those, those are some hitters and, and Kenley Jansen. But what about Ronaldo Lopez, Tyler Malley, Andrew Triggs, Liriano. There were some very good appearances yesterday, very good starts from guys who are widely available. Every pitcher I'm about to mention is owned in 35% of CBSSports.com leagues or fewer. Or less? Less, right? You will never get that right. I believe that is fewer and less. Uh, I don't want to keep going. I may say it wrong. (laughs) Okay. just, Just make fun of Adam and don't offer a correction. And I gotta tell you, I watched a lot of Tyler Malley, I watched a lot of Reynaldo Lopez, good stuff from both, I didn't see Andrew Triggs. But, um, they're, they're very different, Lopez and Malley. Malley pinpoint control yesterday. Almost all of his strikeouts were looking, and almost all of them, maybe all of them came on fastballs. Uh, Lopez was a little bit different, he had 14 swinging strikes. But Lopez, Malley, Triggs, let's start with those three. How interested are you in Lopez, Malley, and Triggs? All owned in 26 to 35 percent of CBSSports.com leagues. Well, we all agree that we prefer swinging strikes to looking strikes, right? <laughs> yeah, guess. yeah. And so I'll take the guy with the most of those, and I'll take the guy with the most pedigree and what I think is upside. In my opinion, that's Reynaldo Lopez. This was a, this is a tough pitching environment. He struggled with home runs a lot last year, so this was encouraging. Yeah, I wrote about this in, in waiver wire, and and what I said was I'm. I put Malley as the lead, and I wonder if I'm penalizing Reynaldo Lopez for having gotten to the majors earlier yep. and struggled. Um, but I also, like, Tyler Malley looked really good, too. He doesn't have the big swing and miss stuff that Reynaldo Lopez does, but, you know, he, he throws pretty hard. He can hit 96 with his fastball. He averaged 93.4. Uh only nine swinging strikes, but it's one start. He had decent strikeout numbers in the minors. Ronaldo Lopez definitely has more upside, but Tyler Malley's pitching for a better team. He's probably a little safer. The White Sox are on fire. What do you mean? They haven't lost yet. Yeah. Um, I, I still feel confident that Cincinnati's a better team. And, um, yeah, I, I would like to add both. If I could only add one, Lopez is probably the guy. And Malley pitched against the Cubs, and we know the Cubs have a good lineup, but they have set the record for the most strikeouts in the first five games of a season for any team in National League history. Keep in mind they played a 17-inning game, but they are striking out a ton, 
We know that about the Cubs. But a lot of it was look. I mean, all, I think all the strikeouts were, or maybe one was swinging for Malley. But he's an interesting pitcher. If you look at the numbers from last year, he walked 11 in 20 innings. But then I went back and looked at his minor league numbers, and he did not walk batters. Yeah. So I think I think he's going to be a good control pitcher. I want these guys on my team with Tyler Skaggs being the hot waiver wire ad from last weekend. How do you rank Skaggs, Lopez, Malley? Lopez, Skaggs, Malley. Yeah, that's probably fair. And then what about Andrew Triggs? Five innings, one run, seven strikeouts against the Rangers. I just don't buy it. I, I'm probably not being fair to Andrew Triggs because of his past, but I would put him in last in that group, and I think he has the low, least amount of upside. Yeah, I think I probably agree with that. He's older, doesn't have a track record, and yeah, Malley is a top 100 prospect, so let, let's not uh, let's not ignore that there is some upside there. It's just probably like mid-rotation upside. How have we gotten this far without talking about Bartolo Colon and Francisco Liriano? <sighs> You know, you guys were doing the the Sportsline DFS podcast yesterday. I listened to a little bit, and I know you talked about Bartolo Colon. Um, he, I, I can't stand him because he's he's never as bad as I want him to be <laughs> when I'm stacking hitters against him. Uh, you know, for all of the fun in swinging strikes and velocity, Bartolo shows there is some like when he is good, and he was good last night. There is a lot of value in location. Location, location. Oh yeah. And I I watched a little bit of that start, and he was just peppering the outside corner, and he'd be three to four inches off the outside corner, and then right on it, and then three to four inches off the outside corner, and right. And even when they were hitting the ball, they couldn't hit it hard where he was throwing it. So I that's not. I don't really think that he can do that for very long. In fact, I know he can't. But it's kind of fun to watch it when he does it. But he's not. But, but we're not picking up our total for the right? purposes of this show. Uh, Francisco Liriano is more interesting than Bartolo Colon, and Francisco Liriano is not very interesting. I think Liriano is RP eligible, I believe, in CBSSports.com league, so that makes him maybe slightly more interesting, but not particularly interesting. Okay, well that is actually slightly more interesting. So of these pitchers that are available in deeper leagues, we've got Liriano, Jaime Garcia, great start against the White Sox, Brian Johnson pitched well at Miami, Trevor Richards was cruising along, and then not so much for the Marlins against the Red Sox in his MLB debut. And Bartolo Colon, uh, you guys playing some deep leagues? Are you looking on the waiver wire for Liriano Garcia, Jaime Garcia, Brian Johnson, Trevor Richards, or Bartolo Colon? Trevor Richards should be owned in NL only leagues. Uh, does not have much prospect pedigree. The Marlins signed him out of independent ball two years ago, but he has dominated the minors. He's not that old and. He was impressive. I mean, until the third time through against the Red Sox, which that's that's a tough lineup. The the changeup is a real swing and miss pitch. Uh, and he was averaging like 92, 93 with the fastball. I think he's a, an NL only pickup. Yeah, I would say that Jaime Garcia is the one of that group that should be owned um, quite a bit more. Okay, but I'm still not particularly excited. So now we got to make room for these guys. We got to make room for Ronaldo Lopez or Tyler Malley or Tyler Skaggs. So who can we drop? I know it's only one start, but I think all of these guys are pretty fringy to begin with. So are you willing to drop? Now, I don't want to, I want to make sure I'm phrasing this right. These are not must drop guys, but if there's somebody out there on waivers that you really want, are you willing to drop any of the following pitchers who pitched yesterday? Tyler Chatwood for the Cubs. He gave up one run in six innings. He walked six though. Uh, Taiwan Walker. 
who's actually owned in fewer leagues than Tyler Chatwood. Lance Lynn, terrible first inning, terrible control. All five of his certain runs came in the first inning. Lance Lynn. Zach Davies, over, right? Over owned alert. Zach Davies, 76% owned. Sean Newcomb, 61% owned. Miles Michaelis, 59% owned. Hyun Jin Ryu. So there's Chatwood, Taiwan Walker, Lance Lynn, Zach Davies, Sean Nuka, Miles Michaelis, Hyunjin Ryu. Are you, are you willing to drop any of those guys? Hyunjin Ryu, I'm absolutely willing to drop. Miles Michaelis, I'm pretty certain I'm willing to drop. Zach Davies, I'm willing to drop. The rest of the group, I'm probably hanging on to. Tyler Chatwood's ownership's probably a little too high. If you're in a 10 team league, it's okay to drop him as well. I don't actually understand. Tyler Chatwood being 91% owned. Was, he must like, have been a two-star pitcher this time. Yeah, but. Yeah, I think that's it. And I think that we wrote quite a bit about him in the, uh, weeks leading up to the season, like the last mm-hmm. two weeks. I like the possibilities for a bunch of wins. Um, I, this is some confirmation bias, but Lance Lynn was lucky he only gave up five runs yesterday. It, he was really, he was awful. Really bad. And I, come from a place of thinking that he was actually a very bad pitcher last year that got very lucky. So I'm not I'm not dropping Lance Lynn if I have See, I'd rather drop Lance Lynn than Tyler Chatwood. Well, I I think Chatwood so I think the reason why people like him is he's been really good on the road. He just doesn't strike out people, but he pitched for the Rockies. And in the last two years, his road ERA was 169 in 2016 and 349 in 2017. But I mean, we're talking really low strikeouts and a lot of walks. So yeah, I just you know, and, and you know the Cubs don't really let their starters go deep into games. I I don't see like Lynn. I totally get dropping in a categories league, but I you know 170, 180 innings with a decent ERA, he could help you in points leagues. That's why I, I do. Yeah, I, I don't expect a decent ERA, and like the fact that he's been and was an innings eater last year was solely because of his good fortune. But he's been a much better pitcher than what, what Lance Lynn has been a much better pitcher than the 2017 version that we saw in That's his true. career. So I, I know that this is a guy that we argued about, mostly Scott and, and Heath versus Chris and Kreef. That's fine. I mean, I'm not going to make a huge case for him. He was a late round pick, but the ownership percentage for these guys is inflated because they are two start pitchers. So keep that in mind. I think a lot of people will be streaming those types of players, Lance Lynn, Zach Davies. Even Chatwood. Sean Newcomb, uh, most of the struggles were early, but this was a bad start against a team that's just killing it right now. The Nationals, 61% owned. Does he have too much upside to drop for Reynaldo Lopez, or would you make that switch right now? I would not make that switch. I And I should have said this more clearly. I think some people did. You were going into week one or week two or whatever week this is. I'm never using what week it is again. <laughs> On the podcast, you're, you were going into this week hopefully with him on your bench and just blindfolded to results. He's pitching against the Nationals, and he's going to Coors Field, and it's going to be a bad, bad week. Still had 11 swinging strikes. The velocity was still good. I, I like the stuff. I'm not dropping him. Yeah, the only number I really care about from Newcomb is the walks. You know, four walks and four and a third. That's a problem. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that. but this is a tough lineup, too. This is a lineup that has... You know, Turner's not going to walk much, but Rendon, Harper, Zimmerman, those are all, those are all guys with a pretty good eye at the plate, and Harper walked four and, times. And it start, like that game started off with a Freddie Freeman error, and then Newcomb made an error trying to pick the guy off first base, and he just got shook early. 
Do you guys know Freddie Freeman's walk to strikeout ratio? Uh, it's infinite, right? Uh, eight to one. Oh, <laughs> uh, he finally struck out. Bryce Harper's is infinite, right? Oh, uh, okay. Bryce Harper's six to six to none, six to zero. Uh, all right, listen. The draft app is awesome, and I thought, you know, that I would. People are following me, Big Kane too, on the draft app. I thought I'd get a nice little draft going last week and schedule it for two o'clock, and eventually it would fill in. I sent out, I, I created the draft. I guess it sent notifications to my followers. It filled in about five seconds. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this a few times a week throughout the season. We're gonna do drafts, probably five person drafts. It took less than five minutes, by the way. You do a snake draft on the draft app. You use our promo code FB today, FB today when you make your first deposit on the draft app. And uh, you get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit. Again, use the promo code FB today. But my point is I'd like to play against all of you. I'm going to ask you guys to, if you see a notification for the draft, maybe don't join it every day so we can give other people some time to get in there. I don't want to play against the same people every day. But I will compete against you all and hopefully beat you. I came in last place uh, last week. So today is Redemption Day. I'll create a draft. You compete against me. This is what I love about the draft app. First of all, you get to win some money. You get to win some cold, hard cash. Contests start at just $1, and there's a draft for everyone. And you can get into a real money draft for free when you use that promo code FB today. But it's not like the salary cap sites. You're doing snake drafts. So you look at the slate. You find the guys you like. You do a snake. It's just, it's just everything you like about fantasy baseball. The draft, you play every day. You compete against people. You win some money. Use the promo code FB today on the draft app. Here are your news and notes. All right, so Adam Wainwright might actually pitch this week for the Cardinals. I believe Flaherty is pitching today, right? So we will. Uh, that sounds right. Uh, we'll hope for something good from him. Will Myers left with a triceps injury, and it's a bit of an issue because he has to play the outfield now, and he's having trouble throwing. So you know they're not moving Hosmer off of first base. So it's possible Myers ends up on the DL. He's already dealt with an injury a few days ago. Now he's got a triceps. Uh, Jake Lamb has a shoulder issue. Didn't seem too serious, but we'll see. Shohei Otani's going to DH today. Anibal Sanchez, if you're in an NL only league, I don't know if you even want him, but he could end up in the Brewers rotation apparently. Um, and Daniel Murphy was cleared to run. Carlos Correa left with toe pain. Does not seem serious. Let's call Correa day-to-day. Greg Holland scheduled to join the uh, Cardinals on Monday. Are you guys fine dropping Leon and Gregerson right now? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I Annabelle Sanchez is going to be in the Brewers bullpen. He was. He just got. He pitched for the Braves yesterday. Oh, I think he's going to be in the Braves. He's going to be in the Braves rotation. Okay, the Braves. I said the Brewers. I meant the Braves. Yeah, I think he's the fifth starter for the Atlanta Braves right now. Okay, Annabelle Sanchez. I know you got you got stuck on the the 1970s. Where I I I confuse that too. What? 1970s. The Braves used to be in. Oh, 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 okay, I get it. Okay, everything. Yes, everything is really confusing right now. Annabelle Sanchez. We have spent too much time talking about him, but thank you for the correction. He will be in the Braves rotation. Uh, other news. So Lucas Duda left with hamstring tightness. Team name Tuesday, Zippity Duda. Sure. Zippity Duda. That came from a listener. Uh, Yuli Gurriel apparently is now going to go on the DL. So he s- served his suspension and then he's going on the DL. I, it was weird, but <laughs> wait 10 days. You'll get Gurriel. Batting order stuff. Billy Hamilton batted eighth. This is a big deal because in 2016, he batted 7th, 8th, or ninth, 38 times in 38 games. 
He scored 18 runs. That's a really bad pace. So. This is a really bad start to the season for Billy Hamilton owners. Well, no. For every single person who was supposed to get stolen bases. I know. It's been like, oh, we can't get any stolen bases. We have to get the elite guys. Let's make sure we draft Trey Turner, who's batting fifth. He batted leadoff yesterday, but Adam Eaton was off. Right. Or Billy Hamilton, who's batted leadoff once and got two days off. Yeah. Or uh, one of the other guys. D. Gordon doesn't have a steal. D. Gordon is now a power hitter, apparently. Actually, uh, we got a, the Shields is out. We got a great, uh, we got a great tweet that was like, D. Gordon has more, ho- I have D. Gordon and Jay Bruce. D. Gordon is more homers than Jay Bruce. Jay Bruce has more steals than D. Gordon. It's uh, yeah. Exactly like we thought it would be. Exactly. Um, Domingo Santana sat against the righty as we continue to monitor the Brewers. Uh, as Heath just, as Chris just mentioned, Trey Turner led off, Adam Eaton was resting. Zach Cozart is outfield eligible. No, 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 I got that wrong. He's second base eligible? Second. Yeah. Hmm. Derek Dietrich is outfield eligible. Yes. Edwin Encarnacion hit an inside the park home run. That was amazing. I didn't see it. Gotta see that. The, the left, I think Justin Upton thought the ball went out, and so he just stopped playing it and it caromed past him. No, I, he and, said he thought it was foul. Oh, uh, okay. Either yeah. way, he stopped playing it and Edwin Encarnacion just chugged. It was like a, it was like a steam train. Joe Musgrove is on the DL with a muscle strain on his shoulder. And there's no timetable. You might be uh, waiting a few weeks at least to see Joe Musgrove. The Marlins are reportedly doing away with their orange jerseys, which uh, they say they made the decision before Marlins man, and they <laughs> broke up. But Derek uh, Jeter's going to change the team's colors to black and white. <laughs> the most boring man in America. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, Matt Wieners is on the DL with an oblique strain. Austin Hedges was scratched with upper back tightness. Jed Jerko left with a hamstring strain, and George Contos got a save for the Pirates because Felipe Rivera was unavailable. With Jerko leaving with a hamstring strain, I do wonder if that will put on hold Matt Carpenter's uh, attempt to gain second base eligibility. Maybe, He'd probably just you know. play third, right? Right, but I want him to play second. I want him to get second base eligibility. He's been I think he's got three appearances at second, Carpenter. So Jerko out, might go on the DL. Well, yeah, we'll see. Might just have to wait for Colton Wong to face a couple lefties sitting and we get Carpenter back. Uh, he needs base. both three games to be eligible at second and third. All right. Second would be better. you get the email? Yeah, you get the I email. I do get the email. That's how I knew about Zach Cozart and Derek Dietrich. Okay, here's an email. Fantasybaseball at CBSI.com. It's from Jeff in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. What is BABIP and why is it relevant to fantasy? BABIP is batting average on balls in play. And it is relevant to fantasy because it affects the hitter's batting average. It affects the pitcher's whip. Essentially, if it's not a home run and you hit the ball, what is your batting average on those plays? Now, it's relevant in a way that certain pitchers are able to limit BABIP because they limit hard contact. Well, yeah, we should say that the average is right around 290, and it pretty consistently even with the juice ball but that's not an average for every player you should not assume every player to regress to 300 or 299 or whatever the average is um, some hitters like Lorenzo Kane are able to maintain a BABIP of 340 350 some hitters like Chris Davis often have a BABIP around 240 um, so for one, like we use that a lot in regression analysis because we get a month into a season and a guy's hitting 350 that's never hit better than 250. The first thing I'm going to look at is, well, what's his batting average, batting average on balls in play? Because a lot of that over a small sample size is just good fortune. 
Right, right. That That's the point. I think why it's relevant in fantasy is it kind of helps us see who's been lucky or unlucky. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. always work out that way, but uh, a guy who has a really high BABIP, that means some some regressions coming. Those balls that are falling for hits. Uh, right now, Robinson Cano is an 857 BABIP. <laughs> so some of the balls that are falling for hits, they're going to stop falling for hits, and uh, the batting average will go down. And And a couple of things about that. One, it's like, it's been what just in the last ten years that we've really kind of more embraced the idea that the batter and the pitcher don't have complete control of what happens after the ball leaves the batter's bat. So that's just something to kind of keep in mind. The other thing is, like we talk about regression, you don't ever know when it's going to happen, right. and even in a hundred and sixty-two game season, it doesn't always happen this year. So there are guys that are career over. Eight years, career 292 BABIP guys, and they might have a year where they have a 340 BABIP, and that's not that weird. Mm-hmm. And we can put BABIP into context by by also looking at hard contact rate and soft contact rate, and yeah. you can buy a high BABIP more if there's more hard contact. Yeah, and and line drives. Uh, speed. Speed. Sure. Um, guys who hit a lot of fly balls and are very pull-heavy, Joey Gallo being a good example, are going to have low BABIPs. Um, Guys who hit the ball all over the field are going to have higher BABIPs, and pitchers have pitchers tend to have less of a spread in both the results and the talent level. So you you'll see fewer guy fewer pitchers that have like obviously El Garcia had like a 390 BABIP last season. That typically doesn't happen with pitchers; they have less control over it. So Joey Gallo not buoyant at all, extremely pool, exactly extremely yes, pool heavy. You. <laughs> Dollars. <laughs> oh, that's great. And uh, Jeff, if you're new to the show, I I used to say BABIP because I do believe it should be pronounced BABIP because BABIP is stupid. And Clearly, it should be BABIP. BABIP? Why? Batting average on balls in play. Oh, that's true. BABIP. But, you know, I gave up the fight because everybody says BABIP even though everybody says WOBA instead of WABA, WOBA being weighted on base average. But whatever, I'm not gonna, I'll let the idiots win this Babe one. Babe, it sounds stupid. It, Babe, it sounds great. Email of the day number two is from Brandon in Washington State. Dear Ricky, Lou, Billy, and Ty. And these are Steele's sources. Guy. As a guy who lost to Lionel Shields, are any of these guys worth targeting for stolen bases? Bradley Zimmer, Malik Smith, Jose Peraza, and Chris Owings. Malik Smith has Barely played, right? Yeah, I think Zimmer's the only one on this list that I'm really excited about potential with. And even he's getting less playing time than Tyler Naquin at this point, isn't he? I don't know about that. I'm not sure. I think they both played yesterday. Okay. But it's so hard to tell at this early in the season. Uh, but other steel sources? What, what are the, uh, what are the people that need steals? <laughs> I have Will Myers, Scott Kingery, Ozzy Albies, Billy Hamilton. And one other like decent steals guy in the league. I have zero steals. I am in dead last. Ho- in that Jose Peraza is probably the best one out of this group. Actually, he's the one who's most likely to get playing time. I'm not sure if he's any good. Uh, that's still very much open to a question. But of this group, he's the best option for steals. Okay. Is there anyone else that comes to mind? Kevin Pilar has three. They're a little skeptical on that. They were all against Patances. All the and they were day. all. Right back to back. Um, Michael Taylor has two, and he stole 20 last year, right? Yeah, Cameron Mabin is playing more the last couple of games after not playing early. So he's someone – Lewis Brinson actually hasn't stolen a base yet for the Marlins, and he was 0 for 4 in the spring, so he may not be 
the stolen base guy that we were hoping for. I can't believe Michael Taylor is 86% owned. Uh, he stole 17 bases in 118 games. Oh my gosh, 86% owned Michael Taylor? That's incredible. Uh, he was good last year. Was he? I mean, I don't think he was in a points in league. In Roto, yeah, in Roto. 86% tells me he's owned in points leagues too. That's probably too much. Okay, uh, let's, let's move on. Good starts and bad starts to the season. We're talking hitters here. Alright, so. Here are the good ones. There are a lot that are off this list, but some that have stood out. Bryce Harper, he does get off to hot starts a lot, but this is exceptional. 417, three homers, seven RBIs, six walks, no strikeouts. Uh, Yasmani Grandal, we already talked about him. I think we can move on from him. DJ LeMayu has two home runs. He's never hit more than 11. Uh, Yonder Alonso, we also talked about him. He's 90% owned. Miguel Cabrera is off to a nice start, batting 353 with three walks, three strikeouts, a home run, and a double. That's Miguel Cabrera. Three doubles for the season. I said, oh, yep, I wrote three doubles. Sorry about that. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. You are helping me out today. Uh, Greg, I just want to make sure Miguel Cabrera gets his due. You know, I'm I'm the Miggy guy. I love him. Uh, Gregory Polanco is off to a really good start. I mean, he's batting 385 with a home run, three doubles, and a steal. And six walks, four strikeouts for Polanco. Paul DeYoung has three homers. Lorenzo Cain is crushing it. He's batting 500 with a home run and three steals in three attempts. So I said a lot of ga- a lot of names here, a lot of guys. Uh, Harper, Grandal, LeMahieu, Alonzo, Miggy, Polanco, DeYoung, Lorenzo Cain. Who is making you think about moving them up in the rankings right now? I don't have rankings, but if I did, uh, and I would have had Gregory Polanco probably higher than the industry coming into the season. So there's some confirmation bias there, but he was not healthy last season. He was a guy that we thought had a huge chance to break out and he's, I think he's breaking out. The plate discipline has been awesome. Uh, four walks yesterday. One was semi-intentional, uh, but he's hitting the crap out of the ball. We know the talents there. We know there's 25 homer, 25 steal potential, and he is he is absolutely dialed in. Yeah, I had Polanco as a top 40 outfielder. Now he's sitting at 33rd for me in my ranking, so he's probably moved up the most. The problem with this list of guys is I, I, I moved up Yonder Lonzo a couple of spots just because I moved guys behind him. I already had Lorenzo Cain as a top 15 outfielder, and I was really high on Paulie DeYoung. So this is largely a group of guys where I don't have a lot of room to move them up, but I'm pretty excited about all of them. And we know that Lorenzo Cain the last two years has hit a lot of his home runs on the road. So he finally got to Miller Park for his first game yesterday. I believe it was their home opener, and he homered. That was nice. Well, and, and the steal, like we talked about how it's a bad time for steals, guys. Cain is yeah. a guy that we talked about has been extremely efficient as a base stealer. And we thought going to Milwaukee he might run more. So far that looks true. Would you rather have Cain or Yelich? Uh, still Cain for me. You had Kane ahead of Yelich. I did. That's that's very very impressive. Uh, would well, you rather have? It's been four days. Well, no, but I mean, <laughs> it it's, worked out for the four days. It's <laughs> it's bold that you did that, and uh, good job. Would you rather have Gregory Polanco or Adam Eaton? Uh, Polanco. All right. So yeah. here's here's something about Polanco and Yonder Alonso. He says he'll take Eaton and Yonder Alonso. Now Alonso hit a grand slam off James Paxson, a lefty. He had a good spring against lefties. This has been a real issue for Yonder Alonso in his career and for Gregory Polanco, who so far is one for two with a double 
against uh, left-handed pitchers. He's also walked and struck out. Uh, you know, I'm I I'm not I can't just say because Alonzo had a good spring against lefties and because he homered off Paxton that he's fixed. And last year he had a 181 batting average against left-handed pitchers. And last year, Yonder Alonso in his first 53 games had a 1062 OPS. In his last 89 games, he hit 238, he had a 749 OPS. Um, so there is a danger in jumping in too early, especially when we haven't seen enough at bats against lefties for Alonso and Polanco. Sure. Yeah, and to be clear on Alonzo, like I he's moved up a couple spots in my rankings. He's not in my top twenty first baseman. Oh, he's not. Okay. Uh and then Miguel Cabrera, let's I guess kind of monitor this, but good stuff so far. I'm very pleased with what I've seen so far from him. And it's worth saying, Nick Castellanos, yeah. a guy that there was some skepticism and some excitement about on this podcast. Yeah, he's also off to a nice start. And so is Seat Geek. Yeah, we got a lot of tweets about SeatGeek, people saving money, people buying tickets, asking me for the promo code, which is fine, but in case you uh, don't want to tweet me, don't want to email me, hey, what's the promo code? The promo code for SeatGeek is FANTASY. Get on the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com and use the promo code FANTASY. This is your way to get to the game, to the concert, to to, to the theater, to a comedy show, wherever you want to go. Get there with SeatGeek. Just a few taps, and you've got tickets to the game. And look, it's baseball season. There's plenty of opportunities to go to a game right now. You download the SeatGeek app. You enter the promo code FANTASY. You save 20 bucks on your first purchase. You get the most bang for your buck because SeatGeek looks at multiple ticket sites and grades every ticket based on value. You can immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Every purchase is fully guaranteed. I'm going to a Yankees game on Friday, courtesy of SeatGeek. Use the promo code FANTASY and get 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. I absolutely love this app. I recommend it. SeatGeek is the app. The promo code is FANTASY. All right, so those are some good players that you're not going to be adding because they are widely owned. Here are some good players that you could maybe add to your team. Hanley Ramirez, 71% owned. Uh, Chris talked about him at the top of the show. Minnesota shortstop Eduardo Escobar had a good September. He had, he had an 888 OPS and nine home runs in September. He has a terrible walk-to-strikeout ratio, but uh, Escobar is off to a good start. 385 with a home run, no walks, five strikeouts, two doubles. And Escobar is owned in 25% of leagues. Oakland third baseman Matt Chapman is 42% owned. And then in deeper leagues, we got Derek Fisher for the Astros, Nick Ahmed for the Diamondbacks. Brian Anderson for the Marlins. They're off to good starts. But let's talk about Escobar and Chapman first. Eduardo Escobar for Minnesota. Third baseman Matt Chapman for Oakland. Do you think these guys are under-owned? They're 25 and 42% owned, respectively. Yes. I, I don't know that there is an enormous difference between Matt Olson and Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman strikes out even more. That, okay. They're, they're, well, I mean, like right. he was he was a guy. Matt Olson in the minors would hit for decent batting averages. Even in the minors, Matt Chapman was not putting up. I think he was like a 250 kind of hitter uh, in the minors. He does have good power, and I think, um, I think, in my sleepers breakouts and bust column that I wrote right before the season, I did say that like Matt Olson was probably hogging a little too much of the limelight. Matt Chapman's still a good power source. He hit the really long home run off Shohei Otani on Sunday. Um, He's he's going to be a, an average suck. That's the only thing with him is, and th- there's not really very much hope for him to not be that. An average suck. Yes, I like that. All right, that's so that's Matt Chapman we're talking about. 
Uh, I'm trying to think of some third baseman. Do you have Eugenio Suarez or Matt Chapman? Suarez. 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 Okay. Uh, alright, then Derek Fisher, Nick Ahmed, Brian Anderson. All owned in less than 15% of leagues. Derek Fisher, Nick Ahmed, Brian Anderson. Want to pick him up? Brian Anderson has been very impressive to start the season. Uh, more walks than strikeouts. He has a hit in all five games. And last year at AAA, he did hit, I think, 22 homers with like a 275 average. He's always been a contact guy. And he's the kind of player who could conceivably play up in the majors with his contact ability and with the, uh, the juiced ball. Probably still just an NL only or deep league guy, but probably should be owned in 15 team leagues. Yeah, Anderson needs to play a different position. Sure, yeah. Brian Anderson, third baseman. So you like Chapman better than Anderson? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, you know, we we actually picked up Derek Dietrich, team scam, in the 16-team league. He's second base and outfield eligible. So that's another Marlin that's off to a nice start. How about Good some... pick up an OBP league. Who, Dietrich? Yeah. Okay, great. So it is Gets hit by league. a ton of pitches. How is team scam doing in week one? Yesterday we were up 8-1 uh, to one with one tie. Uh, and that's with Anthony Rizzo having a terrible start to the season. But uh, so far, so good. I haven't checked today. Uh, bad hitters so far. Andrew Benintendi's one for 15. He has more walks. And he has three walks, two strikeouts, so it's okay. Byron Buxton and Rugnet Odor are owned in more than 90% of leagues. Now, Buxton, I believe, has two steals. But he's also three for 15, no walks, six strikeouts, and no extra base hits. That's Buxton. Odor is one for 16 with two walks, five strikeouts. People are frustrated. I think Byron Buxton's been pinch hit for twice this season. Wow. No, just once. But yeah, he's uh, he may have gotten a day off then. But he's um, it's too early to do anything about it yeah. yet. It is. I I, I think I'm gonna uh, invent something called pre-concerned. I'm I'm pre-concerned about Buxton and Odor. I'm concerned that we're gonna be concerned pretty soon. Fair. You- like, but. Rugnet Odor, like, is going to have terrible months. Right, right. You, you gotta give it some time, but I- But he just had a terrible season, too. I think in a points league, he doesn't have that much upside in a points league because of his pathetic walk to strike ratio. Odor, like, a 12 team points league, if there's somebody out there, I mean, would you consider dropping him? I wouldn't drop him for Joe Panic, but would you consider dropping him for Scooter Jeanette? Odor? I would not yet. Probably not. Alright. Uh, then are you ready to drop these guys? And again, this is not a must-drop situation, but there's someone you like out there. Ronaldo Lopez is out there. Tyler Skaggs, Tyler Malley, um, Hanley Ramirez is out there. Somebody that you're really interested. How droppable are these players? Justin Bohr, Jason Kipnis, Manuel Margot, Albert Pujols, 52% owned, Stephen Piscotti. Piscotti is the lowest owned at 42%. Justin Bohr is 69% owned. Jason Kipnis is 78%. Manuel Margot, 72%. Pujols, 52%. Piscotti, 42%. How many of them are you willing to just cut loose right now? I There are two first basemen that I had below Justin Bohr at the beginning of the season that I have moved ahead of him, and it doesn't really have a whole lot to do with what he has done, although I didn't like him sitting against a lefty already. I did move Jose Martinez ahead of him. I did move Yonder Alonso ahead of him. So if either of those two were available, I would drop him for those guys. Okay, that's Justin Bohr. Kipnis is off to a slow start. He's batting second for Cleveland. I'd like to give him more time. Um, yeah, I'm not that worried about that yet. Pujols is 52% owned. Are you kidding me? No. 
get someone else. Right? Yeah, I mean, he's probably. What gonna, was Hanley? He's probably going to end up with 100 RBI at the end of the season. 71% right? Hanley. I don't yeah. know. I mean, he got lucky. He's fine. He, he, uh, this is the last guy. In the I, roster. I agree. But like at the end of the season, we're going to look up and Albert Pools is going to have hit 30 homers and driven in 100 RBI in Are that lineup. Are you sure? And like, he's done it pretty much every year. What, what, he did that last year? Our pool? Yeah, he had like 111 RBIs. I know he had a lot year. of RBIs, but it was, it was weird and, and not to be expected again. Um, alright, that, that last year I mean, was he, the last year. Wait, Chris. The last, no, he, the last four years, he's had 101, 119, 95, and 105. RBI aren't everything and he, he's gonna be a drain on your batting average, but even that hasn't been I never thought we'd get Chris Towers arguing the merits of RBI. Wait, but mer- mer- uh, arguing the merits of the offensive categories in fantasy baseball. Uh, you're arguing the merits of Albert Pujols. He had 241 with 23 homers last year. He's done, man. I I mostly agree. All Would you I'm rather have at the end of the season? He's probably going to have decent numbers and be a top 200 player. Albert Pujols or Matt Davidson? Pujols. I think I'd take Davidson. Has anybody, was, that was the first time anyone said the name Matt Davidson since he hit those three home runs, right? Basically. Uh, no, I think he's had, uh, a hit and a walk since then. They announced it. I will take, uh, I will take anybody with upside over Albert Pujols. Ronaldo, I would drop Pujols for Ronaldo Lopez in a second. In a heartbeat, yes. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Or Mally. Not Liriano, though. Unless maybe for Spart purposes. Alright, four man rotation from yesterday. Then we will get into today's game, start or sit, and then we will finish with a bunch of your emails. Charlie Morton was great. And something to keep in mind with Charlie Morton, he had six scoreless innings with six strikeouts, 17 swinging strikes against the Orioles. Well, two things to keep in mind. One, it's another starter who completely dominated the Orioles. They've been really bad so far. But last year, third time through the order, Morton had a 7.18 ERA. So just the fact that he was able to get through six innings and not show any signs of, of faltering was nice. Jamison Tyone was outstanding. I couldn't believe he even gave up two runs because through the first five innings, yeah. Jameson Tyone. Well, he was, didn't. He, oh, yeah, he ran. Did. He, he kind of ran out of steam late, and there was like a weird. There was like a defensive miscue, I think. I I don't know that that's true, but I do. Like I question whether he ran out of steam. I think this whole because it was the third time of the order for him as well. He did give up a home run. He gave up a single, and they yanked him. Um, it's. Oh, going, that was right. The bullpen allowed the. The last bullpen run. allowed the last run. It's. It's going to be really interesting, and it kind of a little bit the Gabe Kapler thing, but I the math behind this third time through the rotation thing for starters makes complete sense, and I get it. I don't think there are enough average relief pitchers to make it work. There aren't. This is this trend is going to fade, I think, unless they expand rosters and add a twenty-six guy. Just I won't even get into it, but I, I just don't think it's sustainable. Like, what happens when you have a starting pitcher that gets roughed up, can't make it out of the first or second inning? Like exactly what happened to the Phillies with Vince Velasquez. I it just you've got to get length out of starters. But I think it was a really bad weekend for pitching to see Charlie Morton, Jamison Tyone, Mike Clevenger, and Tanner Roark, all guys that you got in the mid to late rounds. Morton, Tyone, Clevenger, and Roark all had really good outings yesterday. They gave up a combined three earned runs. Um, and got some strikeouts. It's good stuff. And Tyone, this was a very good reminder that for whatever reason, he doesn't get the respect he deserves in terms of upside. Like he, he had the 12th highest fastball velocity in baseball last year. I don't think anyone really realizes it. He has two swing and miss secondary pitches. This is a good pitcher with 
with upside. It is Team Name Tuesday. We have Panic at the Cisco. I like it. I Should it be Panic at the Frisco? It's Panic at Chance Cisco. Oh, that, that would also work. Uh, what is... Oh, okay. So this guy wants to make a pun on Ben and Tendi. So he put Ben and then 10 Ds. That one takes some thinking. I, okay, you know, I, I was, like it. I was walking the dog last night and one came to me about Ben and Tendi. Oh, okay. uh, because I had several Red Sox stacks in DFS that are fine. But, uh, has anybody done Ben and Tendi in the bets? Yeah, uh, yes. It's a g- very good one. I like that one a lot. Yeah, that's. Try, there, the there's best. something with eggs. Eggs, Ben and Ten, but I can't quite nail it down. No, it's yet. Eggs Odorizzi. Eggs Odorizzi. No, I was talking about Ben and Tendi. I know, but it's, you're, you're ruining the eggs. Uh, uh yeah. I'm a millennial. We love brunch, Adam. Avocado toast. Who doesn't like brunch? Honey Nut Burrios. Sure. We've gotten yeah. that before. It's very good. And, uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. Is it? We need better team names. So, but I appreciate, I can't think of good ones. I have terrible ones. I have a really dirty one that I can't say on the air. <laughs> it involves Adam Eaton. Yep. And yep. a closer. Stop. Yeah. Stop. Stop. That's, stop. that's it. That's all I'm going to say. Stop. What about behind the Candelaria? <laughs> yes. That's really good. Good for you. All right, starter sit for today's games. We'll start with the we'll, – we'll, ah, fine, we'll just do Royals-Tigers. Jake Judas. I'll tearing up my heart. Nice. All right, yes. Stop encouraging him. No, these are great. Jake Junis, Matt Boyd, starter sit. Start. Sit both. Start Junis. Yeah, you're not starting Matt Boyd. Uh, Chris Archer, yes. Jordan Montgomery, home against the Rays. Interesting one. Start him. Start both. Marco Gonzalez and Ty Blach. Nope. Uh, I want to watch Marco Gonzalez in this game, but I'm not starting him. Chris Sale, yes. Jose, you're, 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 I knew it. Nope. No. Could there be something with like the word arraignment that we could do? Like, for arraignment? <laughs> okay. No. I was trying to think of like a transaction where you dropped Pujols and picked up Cologne and some type <laughs> of team aim with Pujols and Cologne, but. That's good. I don't know how you got there with arraignment. Arabia. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, John Lester and Cody Reed today. Cubs at Reds. Oh, Billy Hamilton, DFS superstar. He owns John Lester. Oh, yeah. I mean, I will start Lester again. I will not start Reed. Start John Lester. Marco, or, Mar- uh, wait, no, this is Miguel Gonzalez and Jay Happ. White Sox at we'll Blue Start Jay Happ. Yeah. I don't really feel good about starting Jay Happ. I think Matt Davidson's going to Dongtown, but probably start Jay Happ. Ben Lively at Matt Harvey. Phillies and Mets. Pass. All right. I, I mean, I want to watch both of them. I think they're both pretty interesting, but there's no way I'm starting you. I am starting bit Matt Harvey in a league. AJ, all right, I guess I'll say the first controversial thing today. AJ Cole with Julio Tehran. I don't know how controversial this is. I'm not starting Julio Tehran. I'd rather start Matt Harvey than Julio Tehran. Okay. Yeah, I don't see why why we would be starting would, Julio Tehran against the Nationals. But would you start Harvey over him? I'd probably have another pitcher that I could rely on. I I might if they rest Bryce Harper, guys get rests early in the season. Maybe Tehran's okay. But but if Harper's in, no way. Yeah. Uh we have got jumpin' Jack Flaherty and Chase Anderson. Chasing Chase Anderson. Yes. Yeah, you have to start Anderson. I, I, I didn't start Flaherty. I have him in multiple leagues and I saw at M I L on the the 
yeah. schedule, and I didn't start him. I don't really feel great about starting Anderson, but I think you have to. Why? He's he's good. Yeah, he is. Uh, so is Miller Park. Yeah, and he, after whacking his head on the uh, plate on his slide attempt in his first start, his velocity did like drop two miles per hour immediately. Interesting. So I don't know if there was anything there, but something to keep an eye on. Chase Anderson. All right, Orioles at Astros. Mike Wright at Justin Verlander. All right, that's easy. <laughs> Clayton Kershaw, yes. Zach Godley, yes. Cole Hamels at Kendall Graveman. What do you guys think? I'm uh, probably starting Hamels. Yeah, that could be a really rough matchup, though. Like, he's going to get some swinging strikes tonight. That's Oakland's going to swing and miss a lot, but... That's a lineup that could really rough him up. Do you sit Matt Olson, the lefty? I don't know what Matt Olson's splits are like. Yeah, I, it's too early in the season and in his career for me to start playing lefty matchups with a guy that I was drafting in the ninth round. You know. Yeah. Plus, I like I don't know how many innings you're gonna get out of Hamels, so you'll get some some bullpen in there. I'm take- just uh, I've, I've got Matt Olson splits, pulling them up right now. Oh, me too. He's 0 for 4 against lefties this year. I win. He went wow. 9 for 46. He is a 170 Scrub. career average against Scrub. lefties. Some pop, though. 675 OPS. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I, you know, DFS, you probably don't want to start him. Babbitt probably No really chance. Low. Josh Tomlin at Garrett Richards. Uh, I'll start Garrett Richards in this one, yeah. I mean, it's a tough matchup, but he's good. Yeah, this is uh healthy. this is uh decision time for Garrett Richards. I mean, if I start him again, look, you you drafted Garrett Richards, you're only going to get so much out of him. You got to start him when he's healthy. Yeah, like, but he you hurt st- you last time you started him. You start him yeah. against the Indians? I think so, yeah. What about Josh Tomlin? I no. He he's one to watch and just see how he looks early in the year cuz he has a two-start pitcher next week. So he may be somebody that gets picked up tonight. We'll see how late I can stay up to watch Kyle Freeland at Tyson Ross. Uh, any any interest in these guys? Kyle Freeland for the yeah. Rockies, Ross for the Padres. Ross is on my watch list. Yeah. I, I want to see if he can get back to his level of three years ago, two years ago. As I recall, he had a very good spring. So uh, Tyson Ross was at once must-own, must-start pitcher. Three straight years with an ERA between 281 and 326. And that was, that was 2013 through 15. All right, let's read some emails. Fantasy baseball at CBSI.com. Austin from Peoria, Illinois. Tyler Skaggs or Sean Newcomb, rest of season? Newcomb. Yeah, this is another one of those where I think if I had to bet money on it, I would bet money on Skaggs, but Newcomb has a much higher ceiling. I'm going to Tyler Skaggs. This is from Adam from the Hoosier State, where basketball is king, but we still have plenty of room in our hearts for America's pastime. It's very nice. Dear Chapel, Clark, Stedman, and Harris. Now, I, I read the entire email. I didn't put it in the notes, but he was making. Stedman is from, like, Rookie of the Year or something, right? Right. So where's Harris? Chet Stedman? Yeah, Chet Stedman. So who's Harris in that same vein? Uh, Is he? I, I have no idea. The crafty veteran Eddie Harris. Oh, uh, okay. Major League. So he's putting together a rotation made up of fictional pitchers. But I didn't, I didn't put that in the notes because I just wanted to kind of talk fantasy. Uh, but it is a funny concept. 12-team, 37-man roster, head-to-head categories, Dynasty League. I have Denelson Lamette, but I noticed that the Walker Bueller owner dropped him because he needed immediate starting pitcher help. Would you drop Lamette for Walker Bueller? 
Denelson Lamette is your worst pitcher in a 37-man roster head-to-head categories league? That's the part that shocks me. I And can't he be on the DL? Like this Well, would you who would you rather have in a dynasty league, Walker uh, Bueller? Or I mean, you're hoping Lamette? that one of them can help you by May. But Denelson Lamette is probably more likely to, I guess. I would rather have Lamette if this were a redraft league, but in yeah. a dynasty league, I yeah, think Bueller. I'm going to take Walker Bueller. Okay, Andrew in Toronto, 12-team head-to-head categories league. Rank the following most added players. McMahon, Andujar, Drury, Neil Walker, Hanager. McMahon, Andujar, Drury, Neil Walker, Hanager. Hanager, McMahon, Walker, Drury, Andujar. Hanager, Walker, McMahon, Drury, Andujar. How about all those Yankees? Isn't that nice, guys? It's great stuff. Ryan in Tampa. Hey, Ezra, Gus, Phineas, and Hatbox Ghost. The hell is that? Uh, I, know, I know a Ryan in Tampa. Yeah, Phineas and Ferb, right? It's a cartoon. Okay. Uh, with with a good start from Ronaldo Lopez, would you drop any of these pitchers no. to add him in a 14-team league? Would you drop Sean Manaya, Taiwan Walker, or Miles Michaelis to add Ronaldo Lopez? Mikolas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, that was the uh, hitchhiking ghosts in the haunted mansion. Okay, yeah, I was completely wrong. Okay, this is from the Great Bambino. I think you mean the Great Hambino. Dear Ham, Squints, Weeks, and Smalls. Weeks. There's a Weeks. Squeaks. What did you do this on your? Uh... No, no, it's it's not Squeaks. It squints. I don't remember a week's. Is King Felix or Tyler Skaggs worth picking up in a 10-team Roto League? I'd have to drop Jose Martinez, Kyle Seeger, or Mitch Haniger. This is a 10-team Roto League with only one bench spot. So I'm assuming the waiver wire is robust. I would drop Seeger for Skaggs. Uh Bertram Weeks is the, uh, the nerdy kid oh. who builds the Erector set. Oh, okay. Who has one of the great lines in the movie. Which is? We've been going about this all wrong. Oh. I blame myself. <laughs> yes. The delivery of that line is top. <laughs> he crushes notch. it. He crushes it. All right, finally from Jeff. I love loading my bench with multiple position eligible players. Both Scott Kingery and Zach Cozart are likely to get triple eligibility. I have two openings on my bench, and Paul DeYoung is also available. Which two of those three do I add? DeYoung, Kingery, Cozart. DeYoung and Cozart. Yep. I know Scott's going to be very angry if he listens to this. You guys hate Scott Kinger. I think he might agree with you, though. I think I, I think that's, yeah, I think that's obviously the right call. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. I am Adam with Heath and Chris back tomorrow, probably with some grade the trade and a Tuesday, weekend, uh, Tuesday recap. Already ready for the weekend, apparently. Great outro. Bye. Bye.